0: Hi my name is Tom Clendon and I am an SBR online lecturer and I want to tell you a little bit about SBR strategic business reporting it's an exam that I've been teaching now for for 20 years well in its predecessor forms I've been teaching it for 20 years SBR has only been with us for a couple of years now now in some respects this exam is a traditional exam it's 100 marks, you only need 50% to pass, and you have three hours and 15 minutes to do it. Now in the UK and Ireland, and in many parts of the world, this exam is a computer-based exam. So it's important that you're aware of that from the beginning. The exam has no choice. It may be broken down into two sections, A and B, it may be broken down notionally into four questions but everything in the exam paper in the exam is going to be have to be attempted it's a compulsory paper and for that reason i believe it's important that we as students study the breadth of the syllabus now question 1 is on group accounts not like in the old days not like in p2 where you would have to physically prepare a set of group accounts with some number crunching. Oh no. These days in SBR, group accounts is examined in the context of explaining, discussing, justifying the numbers that are in the group accounts. Yes, you may have to calculate goodwill. Yes, you may have to calculate an exchange difference. Yes, you may have to calculate a a profit on the disposal of a subsidiary but you are never, ever in question one in SBR going to have to prepare the group accounts. And any numbers that you're asked to calculate are going to be accompanied by some kind of explanation. I mean, that's the the spirit. There was an exception recently in the cash flow question, but where little explanation seemed to be required. But generally speaking, it is all about justifying. Group accounts is built on your FR knowledge. So in theory, coming to SBR, you will have done either FR or you would have been exempt. Now, many of my students lack a little bit of confidence because either it's been a, a, a break in their studies they're not entirely sure that their degree covered the full sort of uh, canopy of things. So what's important for me uh, to get across to my students is that it's the basics that really matter. And so in my course, I always emphasize to students that it's important that they understand the basic principles before we start dealing with all the, the sexy stuff. All right. And I do see at SBR questions based around the calculation of goodwill, deferred consideration, uh, basic cash flows, things which strictly speaking, a good FR student would have a go at. So it is important that we look at the basics. But group accounts goes on to foreign exchange, goes on to control to control transactions, and these need to be dealt with as well. Question two of the exam will always cover ethics. And ethics is examined in a very practical sense. So, yes, you need to know your five ethical pillars, but you're never going to be asked directly about those ethical pillars. You're going to be given a practical accounting situation and asked to comment on the ethical implications, give advice uh, to somebody perhaps who's in an ethical dilemma. So, it's very much about application and again question practice there is going to be key to making sure you understand the sort of things the examiner is after now throughout the paper and certainly in question three and question four we're going to be tested on our accounting standards and I say standards in plural because we're never gonna get a whole 25 mark question dedicated to one particular accounting issue. The accounting issues are always going to be merged and blended and confused with each other. So for example, you might be asked to comment on the fact that a company is lending money to its director in a foreign currency. Now, you know, asked to discuss the accounting of the company lending money to a director in a foreign currency, several things spring to mind. First of all, because the company is transacting with its director, that in itself is a related party transaction worthy of disclosure. That the company is lending money means that we have a financial asset which is probably going to be accounted for at amortized cost, certainly is initially recognized at fair value. The fact that the transaction is in a foreign currency and it's a financial instrument means it's going to be a monetary item. The loan, the, the financial asset is going to be a monetary item. So that's going to have to be retranslated, and an exchange difference causes the individual company stage goes to p and then if I'm being mischievous, why is the company lending the director money? Is, is, that, is that in the best interest of the company? Maybe that feels like an unethical transaction. Yeah, Is interest being charged, for example? So you can and you do get situations in the exam where more than one accounting standard is having to be applied and discussed in in looking at a situation. The examiner is not interested in in understanding that you're Google. So you do need to know definitions, but you do need to apply them. And if you think you're going to pass this exam simply by rote learning, you're going to be uh, you're going to be sorely disappointed. So I always believe that we have to understand the principles, which is why I like to build up my course uh, from the basics, a very principles based approach. So that's the broad thrust of the exam. Um, As a river running through the exam, the ISAB's conceptual framework is so important because it provides you with a a language of being able to understand um, whether an accounting standard is good or bad. Is it relevant? It's a faithful representation. We're doing this because it's useful. What's the definition of an asset? You know, it really helps us understand deferred tax and leases and and how we account for things as we go along. Something else that also crops up in the exam regularly is a stakeholder perspective. So we're often asked to comment, and that means we have to put ourselves in the shoes of a particular stakeholder very often a shareholder. And they're interested in profit. They're interested in dividend. So they're interested in the value of the business. So how is the accounting treatment affecting those matters? That's that's really all that we're after. It's a time pressured exam. You will be well prepared. You will know a lot of things. And sadly, not all of those are going to be examined in the exam. And you're always going to have a surprise in the exam. You're going to have to think in the exam. I cannot tell you how original the examining team are. You know, the exam will always come up with a new situation, whether it's about cryptocurrencies, whether it's about landing rights, whether it's about, I don't know, footballers. There's always something original in the exam. And I applaud the examiner and the examining team uh, for doing that. Um, I said at the beginning, it's a computer-based exam in the UK and Ireland and will be throughout the world from June 21 onwards. So in my courses, we always have a computer-based exam because not only do I need to prepare you and you need to be prepared to study SBR and the contents of the syllabus, but the way it's examined on the computer-based platform on TestReach. So if I can help you pass SBR, I'm more than happy to do so. Yeah, reach out, contact me, my website, www.tomclendon.co.uk, my WhatsApp number, 07725 350 Yeah, reach out. I can help you. I hope you enjoy all of these podcasts. I have been talking about SBR, the ACCA, my favorite exam. Yeah my favourite accountancy qualification, my favourite exam, SBR, strategic business reporting, the exam that you should do first at the strategic professional level. Thank you so much for listening.